So let's let's go for it. Matthew 14. If you have your Bibles with you, or binoculars, either or, um, go for it. I'm going to read it out anyway. Um, so we're going to unpack this scripture this morning. We're going to do it in two parts. We're going to um, I'm going to I'm going to challenge us this morning, firstly, on um, how we listen to scripture, how we hear things, um, and then I'm going to hopefully um, unpack this for us. So let's have a read of this. So we start from Matthew 14:22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't fear. Uh, Sorry, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, uh, if it's really you, tell me to come out to you walking on the water. And yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately raised out to him um, and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat and the the wind stopped, then the disciples worshipped worshipped him. You are, you really are the Son of God, they explained. After they had crossed the the lake, they landed in Gatserat, Gennesaret, um, uh, where the people recognised Jesus. The news of of his arrival spread quickly through the whole area, and soon people were bringing all the sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. There's so much in that. Like, where do we begin? But this is where I'm going to start. I'm going to hopefully uh, take you through some of the journey that I've been on over the last few weeks, and some of the some of the questions that the Lord has been putting on my heart. And one of the key questions: If I was to, if we were in a pub or in a relaxed setting, not pub, you know, but I always ask this question to people. If we were in a pub, how would you explain that to me? You know, don't use lofty words. Just let's, if we were just chatting normally, all the, the pizzazz was away, how would you explain something to me? And this is what I'm going to ask you this morning. If we were just having a cup of tea together, and I said to you, what do you think of Jesus? What would your answer be? Now I guarantee there's a spectrum in the room, and there's a spectrum in my life of how I'd answer that, right? Depending on what's happened, even in, on a day, in an hour. I'd probably have a different answer for you. But I challenge you today, if you want, you can answer. Right? I don't think we're going to, right? But hopefully we're getting to a place where we actually will be able to challenge each other like this. Not, it'll be a two-way street, right? But what do you think of Jesus? What do you think of him? Right? I guarantee the spectrum is from, you know, he, he is God. And in that sense, you see him as lofty and distant. I, I, I absolutely adore him. He's my saviour and he's my king. And then it poses the next question. How have you learned him? Well, the, the answer to your first question. And the first question, or the first answer might be, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling for words here. But how did you learn him? Or how did you not learn him? How are you learning This is a really important question. And the reason why I say this before we talk about the scripture is because 
there's a danger in not knowing him and then reading scripture to go and misinterpreting and not seeing what the lesson is. You miss the lesson in not knowing who Jesus is. And there's some vital things, and this really hit home with me this week. Um, over the last two weeks I was saying, Jesus, how, how are we to experience you? How are we to, like, it's, he, Jesus, you're not meant to be far away, distant, me trying to shout my prayers to you. I'm meant to have an intimate relationship with you. I'm meant to be on the water with you. That's what you've invited us into. I'm meant to know you intimately. Like he, he means it when he says in Luke 15, you are to hear my voice. Now, you, now a lot of Christians say, ah, that's metaphorical. That's, that's, you're meant to read scripture and the scripture is meant to bounce off you and hit your heart really deeply and go, Jesus just spoke to me. You're meant to feel that. And this is why it's dangerous not knowing his voice and not hearing him. During the week, um, I, I, I seen something on Facebook from another Christian. Didn't read it, um, but I read, I, I read the title, I didn't read the article, I read the title, and it just shrieked fear. And I was like, oh, it like hit me, it was, it was tangible. I was like, sheep, I've had enough of that. I was like, oh. First thing I, I read was fear. And that's what hit me. It was like, and I, I genuinely feel it was the Holy Spirit allowing me to feel that to go. Some Christian, or so even not me, me, like sometimes, how are you, what are you saying? That, what, what Jesus are you portraying to the world? So if I don't really understand our Jesus, if we don't understand his personality, who he is, what he's done, why he's doing it, I've got to be careful how I'm professing. What, what Jesus am I professing? And what, what, what Jesus do people see when I share stuff on Facebook or talk? Right? And then the last thing I'd say, I honestly thought that this message was just a, 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 a kind of cozy message, but this morning it was shifted into a bigger gear for me. And this question of what do you think of Jesus, how have you learned him, right? It's a matter of life or death. And let me tell you why this is. Something happened during the week that I completely forgot about until this morning. And I said, okay, I'm clearly, I have to share this. We have a friend of ours who is an ex-Mormon. He's an electrician. He's done all our electrician stuff in our gaff, right? Great guy. Like, really lovely guy. Ex-Mormon. Was a bishop in the Mormon church and everything. Lost his faith, right? Lost. I wasn't... Well, you know what I'm trying to get at, right? It's, it has fallacies in that, that faith. And he, we start talking. And I, I, I felt this question. I said to him... I asked that question. I just realised that's what I asked him this morning. I said to him... Oh, do you think of Jesus? Because he was like a lost face on it that. I was telling myself saying, um, why do you think of Jesus? Twelve years reading scripture. What did you think of him? And he had this question, he goes, and he, and he clearly, he says, well he's God, right? He's God, him and the power. I'm like, okay. And in that, in that term that he was saying, oh, you're just a goof. He was like, it's distant. His, his Jesus was away. I was like, twelve years reading scripture. And you don't understand who Jesus is. Twelve years. I was like, Lord, what have I missed? What have I missed here? And this is how it's a matter of life and death. He says, I hope I've lived a good life that when I meet the maker, that I've done enough. And I was like, wow. 
this is my retort, and I felt very rare this happens, honestly. I just, I, I just felt it was a Holy Spirit moment. You feel even my body jerking a little bit. I was like, oh, here we go. And something came out of my mouth. And I said to him, and Lorraine was there, and I said, you know something, Christy? I said, mate, when I, when I go to heaven, it's not going to be my works. Father's going to look at It's going to be Jesus. And I said, that's scandalous. I said, how joyous is that? How joyous is that? That Jesus will stand there and go, it's blotted away. And I said to him, I find myself rambling. And I wasn't rambling, I was just sort of like, Jesus, this is quite cool. Um, because it was definitely the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I said to him, do you know the trial that happened when Jesus stayed quiet? And Barabbas was set free. I said, that was you and me. You know, we were all free because we accept who Jesus is. And you could just see him looking on. What is this fella talking about? And I knew there was something kept him going, this is new. This is different. This is. And that's why hearing, hearing the voice of God, hearing what, who Jesus is from Scripture, is a matter of life and death. It is that important. So my challenge to us, who do you think Jesus is? And it's a serious question. What Jesus are we portraying? Because there's a danger if we don't know who he is, how can we proclaim the true Jesus to the world, right? So let's unpack this for, in, in light of that, let's unpack this scripture. Um, so when you read today's scripture, um, we all are interpreting scripture through a lens, right? And we have to ask the Holy Spirit to show the real lens to Because lenses are, can be awful, like hurt, pretty crap, right? Distrusting the Lord is a pretty crappy lens, right? Because you could miss. And, and this, I think, we're going to unpack a little bit of, and it really hit me during the week, of where I've distrusted the Lord and read scripture through that lens. And reading a lens, one of the big things that I was convicted with during the week of, you know, reading scripture through a lens of a stick rather than the grace of God and the voice and the tone. It's all really important. That's why I'm trying to take away the, the King James, too lofty of English, too lofty of English for me. So let's look at the scripture, right? Um, why did Jesus cry, I had a giggle during the week, why did Jesus cross the water, right? Was, you know, it was a shortcut, right? It was a like, Father, I want to walk in a shortcut. He was obviously clearly up on the hills all night gone, and the lads were across. But clearly he wanted to help his friends, right? You kind of miss that stuff, they were in trouble. And he said, oh, it's a shortcut. I'm going to go help my friends. Right? And then you can imagine the lads. And, you, and you, you tend to try not to read your scripture going just for the sake of it. Like really sit and dwell and go, what does that mean, Jesus? What does that mean that when you were walking across the water, like the lads were bricking it? Think of this. What would you do if you saw a ghost? Kind of, can you imagine? What that was like. And then Jesus, what did Jesus say? And the language here is used. It's a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. How do you hear those words? You know the words that are in red in your Bible. How do you hear those words of Jesus? Do you hear them in a vacuum? I'll give you a prime example. Let's say I put words on the, on, on the, on the projector. And it said, it said this. Right? Um, a father saying to his small daughter, three years of age. Right? Come back here, I want to bash you. Right? Now I've said that to Hannah in play. Now see, yeah, right, see, 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 see the, hold on, phone here, child services straight away. Right now, 
But I, but the context, you know me, right? You know me never. You know, you've seen me interact with my, my girl. But that, I'm running around, running around out the back. I'm going to So you got to know somebody's personality of what they're saying. When we see this, do you just hear a flat, don't, don't be afraid, take courage. You know, kind of lofty, kind of churchianity stuff for it. You just hear it going, yeah, just, lads, chill out, it's me. It's me, lads. Ah, oh, right, okay, it's you, Jesus. Walking on water, what's going on here? So you've got to look at Jesus' personality here. And then the next thing I would say here is the invitation to Peter. When Peter says, yeah, if it is you, I'll walk out. There's a lot to unpack there, right? Like, the bravery of Peter, you have to, like, that was pretty cool, right? To go, actually, give us a go with that. I want to be where you are, Jesus. That was quite, that's brave. Like, the waves are big. The waves are crappy, right? And Jesus says, yeah, come on, come on out. So he does, and he starts walking. You imagine Peter. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm walking on water. And then he, reality kicks in, or circumstances kick in, and he takes his eyes off Jesus. And what happens? Starts to sink. Jesus didn't stop the waves. Notice the way Jesus didn't go, hold on, Peter, let me calm this all down, make it cool for you, make it all plain sailing. He says, hop out of the boat and come to me. Yeah, let's, let's go. What I love about this is, and what we can read into this in the last bit of this, where it says, Jesus uh, says to him, oh, you, you, you've so little faith. Uh, why did you doubt me? We can see a stick behind that. Be careful. We can see a religious stick of, why didn't you have faith, you big Egypt? You, you know, that kind of grittiness. That's, that's not the case. Jesus loved this fella. It was a lesson. Jesus knew he was going to have some doubt and see and robber. But Jesus is so gracious that when Peter said, Lord, save me, he didn't go swim for yourself and teach him a little lesson. That's not our God. He saved him. Now, what's not written in Scripture, and I'm going to absolutely maybe put a little bit in, imagination, imagination. They weren't near the boat. So when Jesus saved them, did Peter walk back in the boat? How did he get back in the boat? I'm going to guess that he walked because it was a lesson he knew, okay, I'm actually on solid ground here with Jesus. I'm like, okay, I'm safe. I'm actually on solid ground with you. I shouldn't have doubted you. And I guarantee you that that wasn't the last time they talked about it. Imagine at breakfast time tomorrow morning, you have 12 lads. I know what I would have said if I was in that boat. Rob, you want to see your face when there was a ghost? I tell you, you nearly... <laughs> I tell you, the, the boat was nearly full of other, other things <laughs> than fish. That's all I can tell you. Right? And then, imagine, imagine the times Peter and Jesus were together and talking about that lesson. Hey, Peter, you know what happened? You took your eyes off me. You let the circumstances of what was around you, you lived by sight, not by faith. You're living by sight. Don't worry about that stuff. That's going to happen. I, I, there's a reason why I didn't calm the waves because... I, read, uh, I was uh, reading something from uh, Derek Prince during the week, and it was so beautiful. And he says, uh, "You know, how do we, how do we, how do we build endurance by enduring? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you want to come across waves. Now, there's a danger here if you're hearing me trying to minimise or belittle circumstances. 
those in this room alone, the circumstances that go from I'm, I'm struggling to pay bills to I want a new gaff to vast beyond our heartbreak, like heartbreaking stories. But Jesus, Jesus wants us. He's, he wants us to focus on Him no matter what the circumstance. No matter what the circumstance. He, he, that's His invitation to walk on water with Him, with the wave maker. He wants us to walk on water and to have faith in that. And that's the invitation. That's why I'm so glad that He, did, he didn't say, Peter, you don't have enough faith. <laughs> because I tell you one thing, I'm not in the boat going, you're grand Jesus, I'm not going to live that water. Right? I'm so glad that he said, yeah, come on, come on. He knew what Peter was going to see. He knew it. But he said, come on, come on. Because he knew he was going to build it up. This story didn't end here. It started again the next morning. Hey, Peter, your faith grown? It has. It has. Because we endure. But it's so important in these scriptures. You lose the you lose the lesson if we don't if we don't see the heart of Jesus in these stories. Because it's so quick that we can go to well, Jesus really scorned Peter there. Not at all. Not at all. Peter grew in faith that day, big time. He's building them up. Jesus was building them up. So it's the thing that we face as Christians, and it's. Hell is bent in this world on stealing this from you. And it's your faith. All hell is against us. But the good news is, hell won't prevail. Hell will not prevail. So don't let doubt steal the adventure, the intimacy. And sometimes it will be painful. Uh, like you can't, you can't be up here going, yes, yeah, a great adventure. I tell you, sometimes following Jesus it's dangerous. Peter could have drowned, right? Like it's dangerous. It's da- it is dangerous. Not with him, though. Not with him. So we are to experience Jesus in this way, in this dangerous, adventurous, wild, questioning, training way. He is growing us up. And how does he grow us up? Now, when we read James 1, because I tell you, when I was reading this scripture, I, I, I'd go over these scriptures going, oh, thanks a minute. Yeah, Grant, yeah, love it. Oh, watching it, love it. Yeah, keep your tribulations to yourself. But this is what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, not the easy ones, not the tough ones, any kind, come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Now, I struggle with that bit. I tell you that much more. But let's explore that together. And that's what we're meant to do as a family. Explore those. I'm meant to have joy at the moment. I'm finding that difficult. And we pray into it. And we work it together. And we build our faith. And we sharpen one another. For you know that your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Imagine being in a state of mind, in a state of faith, where you go... I don't need that else. I'm Jesus. Imagine knowing him that much that that's his aim for you. That that's what he wants for you. He wants you walking on water. So this is what I'd say to this. Faith is the unshakable focus on Jesus. 
knowing that his and the Father's heart are good, even when the world is vying for your faith by throwing doubts, circumstances, all in a crap that it throws in your way. We are to nullify what we see and believe in the Word of God. Now that's not easy, but that's what we're to do. We're to live by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 11 says this, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things what we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned good reputation. Abraham, Moses, they all lived by faith. There's amazing examples in the book of Hebrews. So there was one thing that I, I found when, I was, when I, I, was taught, I was wondering about doubts and all of that stuff. And Derek Prince is amazing about this. I, I love what he says. Um, he says, faith is a matter of character, not of knowledge. So you have to step into something. You know when you're standing up for something, you don't, if somebody says an argument to you, you go, actually, you know something, I'm going to stand. Even though I can't fully express or explain, I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm, 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 I'm sticking here. It's integrity. When, when temptation comes your way, it's, 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 a, it's a willful action to go, no, I'm holding my ground here. So he says it's a matter of loyalty, commitment. And this is what happened. When I was hearing these words, I found myself speaking out these words. Jesus, I'm nailing my colours to your mask. And I, this is what happens. In, that, in my mind's eye, I saw the mask. What does the mask look like? Who was on the cross? Jesus. So this is what, I, this is what my prayer was. I said, Jesus, oh, I, I nail my colours to your mast. The very mast you were nailed to for me. And then Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 came to me, for we live by faith, not by sight. So that's my challenge for you this morning. Can you, can you at least come to the cross as, as Bridget's going to come up and share communion can you see yourself nailing your colours to the mast that term comes from when, when battles happened right in the old navy warships big masts that kind of stuff the 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 the, the, um, the, the, the cannons thank you, were aimed at the mast to, to, like the mast came down ship came down boom happy days but there was this one battle where a small, non, it wasn't a general, it was a British, just wasn't one of the captains. He took his colours, the mass was down, but took the colours of, of the ship, of his nation. <laughs> Climbed up the broken mass and lashed in. <clears throat> As if to say, defiantly saying, not on my watch. My colours are nailed into my mass. So that's the thing we can do. That's faith. Nailing your colours to the mast. So I have two things today. Nailing your colours to the mast and challenge you with the first question. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you think he wants you to know about? Yeah? 